Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, where we bring awareness of sustainable health in the business hustle space. Natural Health Podcast is perfect for the high-performing, business-minded individuals who want to work with their biochemistry to achieve optimal health. It's Friday, which means it's time for friends sharing facts about health, business, and overall success. In today's episode, we talk to Brielle Brazil, who will talk about all things breathwork and how you can use breathwork to balance your emotions and well-being. Brielle is a breathwork and embodiment coach. She helps women remember and own their innate worth and power, connect to and heal their bodies, and live a fulfilled, expressed life all through potent breathwork and coaching facilitation. Brielle struggled with bulimia, anxiety, and numbing her emotions for the majority of her life, and now has found complete food, body, mind freedom through the power of breathwork. A little bit about Brielle. She's an American and currently lives in the Dominican Republic. She's married to a beautiful soul who she met in Colombia, which was love at first sight. Nine months later, they got engaged and they're currently married for about 16 months. She absolutely loves traveling, hiking, nature, and meeting new people across the world. Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, Brielle. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Beautiful. So an American living in the Dominion, Repu- Dominion Republic. <laughs> Dominican <laughs> Republic. Can't even pronounce right. that. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so yeah. what made you move? Well, I moved abroad first to Medellin, Colombia in 2017. I w- used to be a teacher. I was an elementary school teacher and I was teaching in the States and I wanted a big change and I wanted to move away from teaching didn't know what I wanted to do yet. And a friend of mine had taught abroad and she knew I loved to travel. So she's like, you should try to teach abroad before you leave teaching. And so that's what took me to Medellin, Colombia in 2017, where I met my um, husband. And I taught there for two years. We fell in love. We got married um, the summer of 2019. And his next job, he got here in the Dominican Republic. So he continues to teach And I actually left my teaching job in June of 2019 to go full-time into my own business. Wow, that's absolutely beautiful. So what were you teaching? I used to teach um, first grade for a couple of years and then second grade for the last four years. How beautiful, impacting our next generation. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I love it. So what do you love about where you're living now? I mean, I could just imagine what it would be like. It would just beaches. I love the done. That's what I can just think of. (laughs) (laughs) totally I love the beaches honestly um there's so many beautiful beaches I the island's actually quite big I didn't realize how big it was um we've explored been exploring the past year and a half and have been to so many different beautiful beaches and there's so many more um which is really cool there's actually hiking here as well we're about to go on a on a three-day hiking adventure. So I like that you can get um, a lot of different forms of landscape and nature here. And the people are really nice. The people are, the the culture is really laid back and um, really slow, which takes a little bit of adjusting in the beginning when you, especially coming from a, American culture, but Columbia kind of warmed me up for that. <laughs> yeah, you kind of um, had a little so bit of a very, taste and then you got the extreme. Exactly. Yeah, now I have the extreme. So everything's just very tranquilo, very very calm, very slow, um, which is really nice to actually slow down and um, be in this environment. And 
you know, frustrating when you actually want something done on your house. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine. So what language do yeah. they talk there? Their main language is Spanish or? Spanish. Yeah. It's mostly Spanish. Yeah. But because they're beside Haiti, so in Haiti, it's um, French and Creole, okay. you will, ha- there will be some Haitian people in the DR. So you will find some people that speak French and Creole. And there's actually a ton of um, European Europeans here um, and parts of the island, there's a ton of French and Italians in certain parts of the island that have moved here to retire and, and live. So um, just depends where you're at, but I'm in the city in Santo Domingo and mostly Spanish. Wow. That's so beautiful. Sounds like a dream. I would absolutely love to visit once everything's <laughs> lifted and we can go. Yeah, like, totally. Sounds amazing. You come sounds visit like me and I'll come visit you in Australia. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I'll introduce you to my kangaroos. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't wait. And koalas, please. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Koalas, 100%. Well, Brielle, what I wanted to find out was, you know, you've done a lot since we, like, what we've spoken about. You know, you've been in America, you were a teacher, and now, you know, you're living your dream as a breathwork coach. But what have been the key turning points to get you now where you are? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's been so many. Um, I think back to my struggle with bulimia and my biggest key turning point was when I actually decided to seek out help for myself for the first time. That was a huge key turning point. And that was probably back in 2015, 2014 or 15, um, perhaps that it was the first time I had been to many therapists and I had been to many, um, I'd been to an inpatient rehab for my eating disorder. I had been to like a mental hospital. I'd, I'd been to many different places, um, either because of like emergency type things happening or like, Oh, we got to get her to like the mental hospital or whatever. Um, but it was the first time in, in 2015, I believe it was that I decided to reach out help for me and, and not because my, you know, the ex-boyfriend had wanted me to do it or because he had broken up with me over my eating disorder or my mom sent me to, you know, the counselor cause she caught me throwing up in the bathroom downstairs or, you know, it was the first time that it was like, this is for me. And I had gotten to the point where even though I didn't feel worthy yet of like receiving help and have having a better life and of getting support and getting help, I had enough support in my, in my life. And actually through a, a huge dance community, I was a part of in, in Northern Virginia and the States. And it was enough support to, to push me to, to walking my foot through the door and saying, okay, like I'm going to surrender. I, I admit that there's something, obviously there's something going on. I'm not going to be in denial about it anymore. And I'm actually going to ask for the help for me. I would say that was, um, a big pivotal point for me, um, reaching out and getting that support for myself for the first time for me. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you say for the first time that you decided to get help because as we know individuals who have not just eating disorders but any type of addictions you know people around us want us to get help people around us want us to get better but the key question is do we want us to get better so what was the switch in the brain or wherever it was that went no i want the help it's not my it's not my boyfriend my ex-boyfriend it's not my mom it's not this it's me because a lot of people sweat yeah 
honestly, the thing I remember the most of being like a switch. So I talk about the supportive community, right? And that was a huge part of my healing journey was having women around me that were so supportive and so uplifting and, you know, wanted the best for me, having that sisterhood, that was a huge part of it. But the switch for me was like, I was so sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Every day I woke up, I was exhausted. Every day I woke up, I didn't have energy. My back hurt, my stomach hurt, this hurt, that hurt. I was in pain and it was, a lot of it was emotional pain. I didn't know that at the time, but it was manifesting as physical pain. And the switch was just like, I can't do this anymore. It was like, I'm so sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Mm. Like, okay, I reached my breaking point. You know, and good on you for doing that. You should be very proud of yourself. But what yeah. was the initial? What was the initial trigger that started the bulimia? Great question. If you don't mind so, me asking? If we, <laughs> no, not, if at, all, not at all. I would say totally. I, I I love to talk about this stuff um, because I know so many people deal with this. I know so many women do. Um, but I would say the initial tr- if if we had to pinpoint a trigger. You know, I can look back and say it's many things that accounted for the disease itself, right? But the initial trigger was, um, you know, the ninth grade boyfriend breaking up with me and me thinking, I'm not good enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not fit enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this enough, that enough, this enough, that enough. So it started really, you know, um, very okay. Nothing like crazy. I I was going to go on a diet, right? You know, it just started as, as a diet. I started going to the gym. It was all healthy, right? I'm just working out to feel good, to feel healthy. And um, I started counting my calories. I started tracking all my food and then it became really obsessive, right? And so that was like the initial trigger. But I would say like broader than that is like my whole upbringing, right? Like the, the broad umbrella of like simply me watching my mom my entire life. She was always on a diet. Right. And she never felt good about herself. She never felt skinny enough. Her mom was always commenting on her weight. Right. So it was like all this stuff I grew up with. And then under all that, the emotional side of it is like, I didn't know how to process and feel my emotions. So what I know now about food and how I used it is I actually used food as a way to numb and suppress my emotions. And what the the release of the purge was doing is it was giving me the emotional release I wasn't getting. Wow. Because I wasn't feeling my emotions. That purge was that relief. And I can say this now looking back, I had no idea at the time, right? But because of the work I've done now, I can say that was my sense of emotional release that I didn't get. And these days, breath work is my emotional release from suppressed emotion. Yeah, well, when you said that, I just got goosebumps all over my body. When you said the release of emotions was that purge that you said. And, you know, and there's so many other ways that people release emotions, such as, unfortunately, such as cutting themselves, such as overeating. I did that Um, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Such as uh, other addictions. Yeah. 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 So I engaged in a lot of other very unhealthy behaviors. I binge drank. I I did drugs. I had mindless sex. I cut myself. I was suicidal at one point. Like I engaged in a lot of different addictions, but Mm -hmm. food was kind of always my go-to. It was like that. And it's, 
because I think food is like the most easily accessible one, right? It's not like alcoholism where we say, okay, don't go to a bar, take the alcohol out of your house. No, we need food to survive. Mm -hmm. So it throws in this whole other wrench of, okay, how do we actually have a healthy relationship with food? Mm -hmm. I like that you also mentioned mindless sex. Because that's that's a, that could be a whole nother topic, and it's so oh interesting gosh, because we could. <laughs> I mean, yeah. us as you know, we're stereotyped as females that we only want emotional sex, or you know, but like you said, some some individuals actually may hurt themselves through mindful sex, and totally. release that emotion totally. through that. A hundred percent, yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, we desire humans at the, at the core, we have desire needs and we desire getting those needs met. And rather we're getting our needs met through food of feeling safe or feeling comfort, or rather we're getting our need of feeling significant by sleeping with a bunch of people where, you know, it's not a positive way to meet the need, but it is meeting our need. And most of us weren't taught how to get those needs met as children. Yeah. Wow. This could just go so deep. I love it. I love how you've opened up and were raw and vulnerable with us and expressed this, you know, and a lot of people may be listening to this and being like, oh my gosh, that's me. And this is why it's great that individuals like yourself share these stories and share these experiences and aren't afraid and not hiding and aren't ashamed. I mean, look, I'm pretty sure there was a stage where you didn't want anyone to know this, but now you've come to a stage where you're comfortable and you want to help others. Exactly. And that was it. That bulimia is a very secretive disease, right? Like uh, so much of about it is about hiding and it, there's uh, honestly a lot of throat chakra imbalances there. You're, you're hiding and you're not speaking your truth and you're not expressing yourself. And you're just, I, you know, remember hiding in my room, just shoving my face with food and isolating myself. You know, it was, it's just disease that hides. And so a huge part of my healing was actually coming out about my bulimia. A huge part of my healing was talking about it and becoming vulnerable with people I felt safe with, of course, in the beginning. Um, but that was a huge part of my healing journey was um, not hiding anymore. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, okay, so yeah. thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Let, of course. So what I wanted to know is, because on this podcast, we talk a lot about success, and I can see your success through your life has changed because maybe back in the days, success was hiding your bulimia, and that was seen as being successful. But what is success to you now? I wanted to know what does success look like to Briella? What is it? I love this question because if you would have asked me what I thought success was growing up, I would have been like, straight A's, like captain of the cheerleading squad, which I was, you know, all the things like the little check boxes, like wrote a now, now if I was living in that mind space nowadays, it would be like wrote a book, like did that, you know, like all the, the things to check off. But for me today, success is being able to live an authentic life, being able to live a life where the thoughts that are going on in my mind are the things that I express to people. That, that I live a, a life that's incongruent with what I feel and, 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 able, and able to express myself fully and truly with people and not hide. It's a life about being fully expressed. It's a life of um, not looking for others to make me feel good enough. It's about finding that worthiness from within and igniting that and, and not outsourcing my power to anybody else 
to make me feel like I'm enough or to make me feel like I'm safe. It's about finding safety in my body to be in my body and to feel my emotions and to, to feel my emotions. Like for me, all those things are success. Yeah. Wow. To be authentically yourself. I, I love yeah. that. And it sounds so simple, doesn't it? It sounds, oh, yeah, I'm just authentic to myself. But the work, yeah. I can just imagine the work that you have put in, the hours, the tears, the emotions, the, the roller coaster to get to where you are right now, which is, you know, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a journey for sure. I I used to be someone that was so terrified to to speak my truth to say what I actually was thinking or to have any kind of conflict with anyone whatsoever. I never wanted to stir the pot. I never wanted to disrupt the peace or anything like that. But what was happening as I was disrupting the peace within myself, I had no peace within myself because, you know, I I couldn't remember one, what I said to who, who knew which story. And, Mm. you know, I couldn't keep up with all of it, but I wasn't living a life incongruent with like who I was. I was just doing everything for everyone else the way I thought they wanted it for them to like me. Right. That yeah. was exhausting. So I do want to say power that. Like, back. Exactly. Exactly. No, no one can make me. What I realized today is no one can make me feel a certain way. I can have an emotional response when in conversation with someone, but that's just a cue for me to look within and say, what's happening here? What is this trigger about? Why is this upsetting me? What's going on within what needs not being met? You know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely beautiful. I love that. And everyone listening might be like, who, how do I get there? But we'll get to it. <laughs> um, but let's, let's, let's talk about today's topic, breathing. You know, we do it every day. We do it every second. It's part of the honoric nervous system, yeah. which means we do it sometimes, well, most of the time without even thinking about it. Right. Um, for, so for emotional well-being, so people are like, how can I breathe for emotional well-being? I just thought you have to breathe to live. <laughs> So, right. so what is breath work? Um, so, I mean, we breathe every day without thinking about it. Why should we actually start thinking about breathing? Totally. This is a beautiful one. So b- breath work, to answer your question, is just being intentional with our breath. Now, this can be done by bringing our awareness to our breath. This can be done um, with a facilitator, which I am one. I could say, okay, we're going to do this type of breath. Here's how you're going to breathe 50 times. And then you're going to do this breath for 50 times. Or it could be done in a meditative way. If you're working with a facilitator where I work with people and I actually say, okay, lie down on your back. You're going to breathe this way. And we're going to breathe this way for 30 minutes while I guide you almost like a guided meditation. And what happens in this type of breath work is, trauma releases from the body and emotion suppressed and stored emotion releases from the body. So it can be quite an emotional experience, but to go, uh, to go to the second part of the question, which is why should we, you know, pay attention to our breath and what does this have to do and impact with us on a daily basis? Right. Every emotion has a corresponding breath pattern. So the way that you breathe when you're feeling calm is different than the way that you breathe when you're feeling anxious, which is different than the way that you breathe when you're feeling excited. And so it's different than the way that you breathe when um, maybe you're having a trauma response, right? So 
breath work and intentional breathing and bringing awareness to our breath really allows us to shift our emotions and our energy. Okay. So let's say that, um, you have an upcoming conversation with somebody that you're really nervous about, right? And you tune into your breath and you're noticing usually when you're anxious, you're breathing shallow. There, there's no, it's, you know, like there's a very shallowness and quickness to your breath in that state. So what's the desired, I always say, what is the desired feeling you want to feel? Because everything in life that we're after, that we want to manifest, that we want to bring, it's, we, we want the feeling that it's going to bring us, right? So usually it's, well, I want to feel calm or I want to feel at peace or I want to feel confident. And so we can use our breath to feel these desired emotions. And so what I would say to somebody that's anxious about a conversation or something, a job interview, whatever coming up is notice your breath and slow your breath down and start to, to take an inhale for six and an exhale out of your mouth for six and inhale through the nose for six and an exhale out of your mouth for six and do that six times. And what you'll notice is you'll go from this place of the fear and the mind and all the worry and all the stress and all the anxiousness. And you'll go into what's called heart coherence. So just from those six breaths, you'll move into a heart centered place, which leaves you feeling calm, which leaves you feeling more balanced, more connected, more grounded. And then the way that you're going to show up for that conversation or that interview or whatever that is, is a different space than if you show up with your anxious energy. Yeah. Wow. I just thought about, (laughs) imagine if every single person before you're about to make a decision, even a key decision, you actually did that. Imagine if decision making. Yeah. Imagine if all of our politicians, our teachers, our us, ourselves. Yeah. Crazy. It would be so different. And, you know, that is one of the benefits of breath work is it actually connects us to our intuition. You can talk about making decisions is um, so many of us get wrapped up with the noise inside of our minds and the the media and the news and the this and that person's opinion. And we're we're over consuming as as a population. Right. So what breath work allows us to do is allows us to quiet the noise that's in the mind and connect with the truth, connect with the intuition of the body and the wisdom of the body to make decisions from an intuitive place rather than a logical fear-based place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's an absolutely beautiful explanation of what breath work is and why we should actually focus on breathing. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it essentially can shift everything, you know, even just in relationships and in every relationship you have, if you're in an about to have an argument with your spouse or your kids or your mom or your friend, if you can just stop and take six of those breaths, you can respond to someone and have an authentic conversation versus react from a triggered space. Mm, change so many things, change so many things. I can just imagine just where, you know, you should make a top saying, take six breaths first <laughs> and then walk around with that. And people look at it and go, okay, I'll do that first. <laughs> yeah. With everything. Right. <laughs> I love it. But 
how can breath work? I know what you've said. I understand that. But what I want to go into is actually how can breath work help with achieving emotional well-being? And what is emotional well-being and how can we achieve that via breath work? Totally. I think of emotional well-being as knowing how to regulate your emotions, right? So Which a lot of us don't, including myself. <laughs> I used to be a person <laughs> my emotions would come on and I would get sucked into them. Yeah. They would take the life out. They would take their own life form away from me. Yeah. Like my, yeah. my sadness. I mean, I think of, I've been diagnosed with depression. I've been diagnosed with anxiety. Um, I've been diagnosed with a lot of things in the mental health field. But I think at the core of all of this for me, for my personal experiences, I didn't know how to regulate my emotions. Okay. And so how breath work can help with that, it can help in two ways. One is the, it's the way that we just talked on a little bit in the short term, right? That's called integrative breathing. It's about becoming aware of your breath when that argument's coming on or that courageous conversation you're about to have, or you're feeling nervous or you're feeling scared or you're feeling angry. That's integrative breath is like really stopping and pausing and noticing how we're breathing in that moment and actively trying to shift our breath and slow it down and literally take some deep breaths to shift that energy, to shift that emotion, right? So that's an emotional regulation in real time. So I think of that as like one, like the real time way. And then I think about the other side of the emotional regulation, which is that of most of us, a lot of people growing up, um, what do we do when a conflict happens? We, at least in my family, we would sweep it under the rug and not talk about it. And it would be the elephant in the room that you just didn't talk about. You just put it to the side to never, ever discuss it again. And that's how I learned to deal with things. And so what happens throughout <laughs> my life and many others' life is we brush things away, not dealing with them. And so what happens in our bodies is those emotions that we never feel over life situations accumulate in our body and they begin to actually feel quite heavy. Okay. One of the biggest things I, I, when I work with people that they say when they come to me is that they feel heavy and in relation with weight as well, they're, they're saying, I want to feel lighter, right? I want to lose weight because I want to feel lighter. But what happens in a breathwork session, one of these meditative ones is that the trauma that the body's holding onto in the cells and the suppressed emotion gets activated. Our limbic system and the brain gets activated. And this part of our brain turns on that's responsible for emotional regulation. And when we breathe in this continued way and the emotions get activated and all the things that we never dealt with and we never felt through, those emotions come up. When we're breathing in this, in this long period of time. So what happens is the charge from situations that felt so heavy gets released, not all in one session, but over time. And as you continue the practice, what happens is the emotions that you never felt from past life situations get to come up and be felt and be expressed. And so once they've been released, you're feeling you're left feeling with this sense of lightness, of peace, of calm, because the heaviness and the charge of the trauma from life situations 
has lost its charge. Mm, and and I love that you put in there that people want to feel lighter. I love that because a lot of individuals, and this people might get a bit confused, but individuals who may be overweight or obese may actually not be overweight and obese due to just food. It may be due to emotions. Exactly. Oh my gosh, yes. I could I could so go off of this one. We store emotions in our body, in our physical body, in our hips, for sure, right? We store a lot of emotion in our hips. I mean, we, we store different emotions. We store anger in our low back. We store um, fear, anxiety in our stomach. There's different emotions we store in different places of our body. Um, and so <laughs> this funny story, I wasn't trying to lose weight or anything, but when I started my breathwork journey, I naturally lost a little bit of weight. Um, because I was emotionally regulating and releasing these stored suppressed emotions from my body and no longer turning to food. So to mask them either. Right. Yeah. Both ways. Yeah. It's, it's this linkage. You can make a link to so many different things that you're just like, Oh wow. I didn't think about it like that. So yeah, I, I absolutely love that. But how can you were talking about emotions, right? Being put under the rug, we call it go under the carpet. We just put the carpet yeah. and the carpet keeps yeah. building up and up and up and yeah. all of a sudden it's a mountain, right? And it right. would I guess it would be dangerous to open that mountain and release it all. I mean, if you didn't want to feel those emotions at the time it was happening, what makes someone think that want to deal with the emotions now when it's like a mountain? You know what I mean? Or that I love that you brought this question up. Oh, that's so good. So the I think if you want to start peeling through the mountain, if we'll say, if you want to start peeling back the layers of the mountain and really working on breath work for transformation and for suppressed emotion and for trauma healing, I really recommend working with a trained breathwork facilitator, right? And I think one of the, the biggest parts that, that my training taught me is um, I went through a training with pause breath work and we were trauma informed in our training. So we learned all about trauma in the body and how to help people with trauma. And I'll just throw this out there for those that, that are listening that don't know trauma is something every single person has. We all have trauma. Okay. So you don't have to have something big enough happen to you to have trauma. We all have trauma. It could be, it could seem small. It could seem big. It it doesn't matter the size. We all have it. Trauma is just anything that's happened too much, too soon, or too fast. And it happens. A lot of us, we have a lot of childhood trauma. We have trauma in our adolescence. We even have trauma as adults. And so I went off on my trauma tangent. <laughs> I got lost with with the question of what we were talking about. <laughs> I guess with the trauma thing that you said, it's, it doesn't matter how little or big it is. I guess we may seem like it is little because we've actually pushed it away, right? Exactly. Yeah, and we're talking about the mountain. We're talking about the mountain. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it back. <laughs> so if you're wanting, if you're like, okay, I want to try, but I'm scared, right? It, it seems overwhelming. How do I even dig through all that, right? Which it does. It, it, it is a journey, right? So, so be okay with being in a journey of, of continual growth because I can tell you right now, I'm going to be healing the rest of my life. This is never going to stop. There's never a, a destination. There's not an end game to this. Um, 
So I would recommend if you want to peel back those layers, if you really want to do the deep transformational work, working with a breathwork facilitator, working with somebody that's been trained and that's also been trauma informed in their training, because what I've learned through my trauma informed training is how to do breathwork with people with trauma, how to do it in a safe way, how to do it in a titrated way, how to do it so that, um, not everything explodes all at once, right? Not everything gets lifted all at once so that it's very doable for your body and that you feel completely safe and held in that experience. I think that's really important. Yeah, I think that's yeah. key, the safety of it. Because like I said, you know, you could sit there by yourself and just put on YouTube um, treating trauma from both work. And all of a sudden yeah. you might end up not wanting to get out of your home for a week because you've just you hit a, a lot of, of things could happen. Yeah, you could. I mean, it's it's scary. You could dissociate. I mean, you could have a you could almost reactivate some trauma in your body if it's not done in the right way. Um, so I. I'm hesitant to, you know, send people to any YouTube links or, or things like this, but I do have, you know, and, and we'll talk about this as well. I do have a membership site and the way that my membership site is set up, it's set up as if you're completely new to breath work, as if you know nothing about it, because what I teach is I'm not there live guiding people, but I have videos you must watch before. And it tells you all the things that can happen and it gives you um, an abundance of tools to help you feel safe if you are to engage in it on your own. Yeah, I love that. I love that yeah. that you shared that with us. So, you know, we yeah. talked about breathwork and trauma and things like that, but how how does it actually work? How can breathwork release trauma? Yeah, so it goes back to the limbic system mm-hmm. in the brain and the amygdala. So what happens is when our body has trauma and we don't deal – so think of animals – You know, when animals have something traumatic happen to them, what do they do right after? They shake, they shake and they release from the body that traumatic event that just happened, right? So actually in breath work, sometimes what will happen is people will be shaking. When there's shaking happening, that's a sign that trauma is releasing from the body in breath work. But essentially we don't do that when the traumatic thing happens, right? We sweep it under the rug, we go about. And so these memories get stored in the cells of our body so that if something similar happens years later, like in your adulthood, let's say, and it's not the exact same thing, but it's similar and you still have that traumatic memory in your cell that gets activated and you have what's called a trauma response because your body's in the, um, the, par- the sympathetic nervous system, your body's in a fight or flight mode where you're either like, I got to get out of here. I got to run. Or you could, another trauma response is you become frozen. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm not going to move. Or um, the hypo arousal, the, the depressive states, right? Of like, I am going to sleep. I'm just going to, you know, not come out of my bed. I'm going to isolate. Or, um, or the fight. I, I have to... I got to fight this person, right? Those are all trauma responses that come up when um, we're triggered and, and, and with a person because that trauma hasn't been healed. So what happens in breath work is the limbic system gets activated and a part of the brain opens up that's responsible for the emotional regulation that allows our body to move into a parasympathetic state, that rest or digest state in which the trauma releases from the body in that state. Mm. And a lot of us, 
lot of us are not in a parasympathetic state. Therefore, we don't have time to release our emotions. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Most of us are living in that sympathetic um, nervous system state, that fight or flight or freeze yeah. It's interesting how you were talking about pets and, you know, like I just imagine my dog and, you know, when something happens, what does he do? He just shakes everything off. I could just imagine walking exactly. down the street and us humans just seeing us shake and it's just like, what are they doing? Like you would be looked at like you were yeah. not right up there, you know? But Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. And the other day I looked at a study and it was saying how walking actually assists um, with anything that's happening because you're releasing, you're walking, you're moving as soon as something happens. Yeah, totally. Movement. So there's three ways to release energy and emotion through our body. It's movement, um, sound, and breath. Those are the three channels through which we can release um, emotion and energy. And so during a breathwork session, when I'm guiding, when we're doing the meditative session, I will oftentimes be able to feel people's energy and feel when they need to move or feel when they need to um, make noises or what's called tuning, which is where you just let out a ha. <laughs> um and I will cue them to do those things because energetically I can feel that their system needs to do that in order to also help release that stuck emotion, that stuck trauma. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I absolutely love that. Uh, I have seen you talk a little bit about pain and pleasure. How would yes. you know if you're living a life from pain or if you're living a life from pleasure? What would the key things that you I love know? This. I love this. So this is something I, I had a business coach for the past six months, and this is something her and I really, I became more aware of where I was living my life from pain versus from pleasure. From For me, it would show up at like, I'll just use my business as an example. Um, me living my life from pain was me trying to like take the fast way out. Like, oh, let me open up this launch and I'm only going to have it for, for, for open for two days, you know, because then I don't have to fully express and show myself and create all this stuff for people and be big and bold, you know, for an entire two weeks, right. On this topic. So it was like trying to like avoid a situation or trying to like, um, play small even, right. It's like, it, that was me acting out of, out of my pain body of like, I don't want to be so big and bold. Like I need to stay small or I need to stay in this corner. Or I need to avoid, like, I can't let myself be fully exposed. Right. Mm. And then what, what it looks like me. And also where's the motivation, right? I think that's a key word is like, are you motivated by pain or are you motivated by pleasure? So like, was I motivated to, um, do like the quick and dirty, the easy way out? Or was I motivated to, um, find pleasure in something that was more lengthy, find pleasure in more depth of conversations and more expression and more connection, right? Like for me, that's where the pleasure lies is like, being expressed and, and being myself and allowing other people to do that and really fully engaging and really fully, fully seeing that. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's one way it's shown up for me in my, in my business is, Oh, I, I just want the quick fix, the quick solution. Right. That's usually through, through the pain body that we're taught it's going to be a suffer. We're taught that it, I'm going to suffer if I have to, if something has to take a long time or if I really need to, I don't want to say work hard, but, um, be consistent with something, 
you know? But can we find pleasure in doing that? Can we enjoy those moments? Can we enjoy the connection and the depth and the intimacy and the conversation? Yeah, I love that. I love that you you went yourself and got a coach. That's what I love. Even though, yeah. you know, it's 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 good that, you know, like we will never know. We will only know what we know and we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's all a learning thing. Like half the stuff that you said, I'm like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm learning new things. I'm expanding. And the audience is also, they're learning new things. And that's why they're listening to this, to know, to understand. And, and you've spoken a lot about getting a facilitator to help you with breath work. And I agree with that 100%, 100% due to the, you know, the potential dangers and potential emotions that you may feel and things like that. But what would you say would be some practical, simple, sustainable tips for yeah. the audience to implement, to assist them with their breath and their I emotional love I love this. This is a great one. So I've got several breath patterns that are for integrative exercises. These are for you to do on your own. These are safe. They're quick. You're not going to be lying down and doing these for 20 or 30 minutes on your own at a time. You're going to be doing like 10 or 20 of them. Okay. So the first one, I'll just repeat it. I've already talked about it once. It's the conscious continual breath. It's in through the nose and out through the mouth. That one particularly slows down our nervous system, okay? So when we're in that activated state, if we can just pause and take six of those deep breaths, when the conflict is coming, right? Using that breath helps us get into that heart resonance and it helps us ground, connect, and respond and not react to people. So it's, it's really good for just centering, recentering ourselves and not reacting. Then we've got, um, there's a couple breaths that I love for anger release. Okay. Cause anger is a beautiful emotion and many people don't feel it or don't allow themselves to feel it. And so then what do they do? They get on the highway and they drive and they honk their horns at everyone because all the repressed anger is coming out while they're driving and they have road rage. <laughs> Because we're taught it's not safe to feel our anger. Our anger is bad, right? Anger is not bad. Anger is a beautiful emotion. We just need to know how to channel it and how to hone it and feel it. So there's a couple of breaths that are really good for anger release. One of them is the snake breath. And that's just breathing in through the nose and then letting out a s- So that one be... And the important part here is you want to release this all the way out. So you cannot release anymore. Like you're going to be like, I can't hold on. And you want to go a little bit longer. So doing just even like 10 of those, you know, like if you've got like two or three minutes and you're feeling really angry, doing like 10 of those is really beautiful. Another breath that's great for anger release is the sigh breath, which is just, ah, Yeah. We do that. A lot of humans do that naturally, like taking size and just, we don't know that that's what we're doing is we're trying to relieve some stress in a certain type of way. Right. So that's beautiful for stress or anger relief. You could even alternate the two, right? Do a snake breath, do a sigh breath and do that 10 times. Um, Beautiful for anger release. 
energizing. I've got a breath that's really good for energizing. Um, if you're feeling like it's the afternoon and you want to grab another cup of coffee, I invite you to try this instead, right? Because this is more natural energy. It's right from your own body. Um, and it's the power breath. So the power breath is just with the nose and you're focusing the inhale and the exhale. So with the, so you're intentional with the inhale and the exhale. So this one sounds like this. This one, if you do about 50 of those, about three sets of 50, you will feel re-energized for your afternoon or wherever you're hitting that, that slump in the day. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. We just got our own little live breathwork session. That is amazing. Yeah. I love, I could sense you were so excited when you started talking about them. And as soon as you took the breath for the calming one, your energy and your voice changed from only taking one of those breaths. So I noticed that and I'm pretty sure the audience did too. So it's like, wow, imagine taking a few more of these, what that does to our body. Shifts big time. Yeah. And I love that you also gave us an energizing one. That's interesting. I haven't heard about that one before. What you close your mouth through the nose and it's just through the nose, 50 of them and a few sets. Yep. 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 You could do 50. You could do two sets, three sets. You, you could do it until you feel like, okay, I'm energized again. Like I can now work this afternoon or I can now go pick up the kids or do whatever I need to do. And it's the thing that I love. It's free. It doesn't have any side effects. Yeah. It doesn't um, totally. in, in, interact with just anything. Benefiting. <laughs> yeah, it just benefits. And the beautiful part about all the the quick breaths I just taught you guys, you got anybody can do this. You can do this with your kids. You can teach this to your kids. It's safe for children to do this. Of course, you don't want them to lie down and do it for 30 minutes. That's not the point. The Mm. point is that you do 10 or you do 20 and you see how it feels in your body. And if your body's going, okay, I could do 10 more, then you do 10 more. And then Mm. you see how you feel. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing those techniques with us. I know I'm going to be using them. I don't know about the audience, but I know I'm definitely going to be using them. Try it out, see how I go and I'll let you know. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. So I wanted to know what is your secret to breath work? Is there a little bit of a secret to breath work that you have to be open to it? Yeah, I think it, you know, the secret I think is starts with the awareness. It starts with the awareness. It really does. If you can become aware of how you're breathing it during different things that you do throughout your day, how are you breathing when you wake up? And can you, can you actually allow yourself before you check your phone in the morning, before you, you know, start making breakfast, before you go get the kids out of bed, whatever it is, can you just lie in bed? Put your hands on your heart and take six of those deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth and connect with you before you start your day, right? And so it's noticing how you're breathing throughout the day, how you're breathing when you're in traffic, how you're breathing when you're in a huge group of people, how you're breathing when you're about to do a performance or you have a big work task, argument, right? It's really starting with, the secret is starting with the awareness, of how you're breathing. And then with the awareness, you get to shift and you get to change and you get to go, 
okay, I remember if I actually consciously slow down my breath, I'm not going to feel as anxious because that anxiety is happening when we're in that, you know, hyper arousal state. And just by regulating my nervous system, just by taking those six breaths, I can come into a present, calm, ground centered place. Yeah. Start I with love the that. Awareness. I think that's beautiful. And I think us being aware and individuals like yourself bringing awareness of breathwork out there, I think that's absolutely beautiful because a lot of people wouldn't know that there's even breathwork facilitators. It's like, well, someone's going to teach me how to breathe. I know how to breathe, but there's so much more to it. And right. it's beautiful that we have individuals like you out there so who are bringing awareness and then also yeah. assisting the individual and taking them through a journey. Yeah, I love totally. that. Yeah, and I love doing it. <laughs> I've been practicing myself for about two and a half years. I've been doing breath work. And when I first heard of it, I was like, what is that? Like, what is <laughs> breath work? I don't know what that is. Like, I know how to breathe. And then I did one of the journeys where I lied down and somebody facilitated me for like 30 minutes online. And I was like, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> so amazing. It's so beautiful. And it's so beautiful to have yeah. these little techniques. It's kind of like, I call it like when we go through life, we have this toolbox and we take this tool and we take that tool and it's up to us individuals, what tools we want to take. Totally. And breath work is definitely a tool to have on your toolkit on you when you are about to, like you said, have an yeah. argument, be in, do whatever you're doing, have that breath work tool on you and pull it out and go, okay, time to breathe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. So to finish off, I ask all my guests, yeah. as this is the Natural Health Podcast, what is your best kept natural health hack, Brielle? What is something that you do that's your little health hack that helps you? <laughs> to go along with the theme of the podcast, I would say my breath, shifting my breath. I, you know, I use breath work every day. I don't necessarily lie down and do a 30 minute breath work session for myself every day, but I do do the power breath and the snake breath and the conscious continual. And I do use my breath, um, to live a life where I feel like I can be true to myself. I can connect with others deeply. I can connect with myself deeply. And, um, Ultimately, it does have a lot of health hacks. It does have a lot of health benefits. It does, you know, help the immune system, helps with sleep, helps with, uh, you know, our eating patterns. It helps with, you know, so many mental and emotional things that I've talked about, but also a lot of physical things as well. I've had breath work help me with physical pain because, again, that emotions are stored in the body. And so breath works helped me with, um, lower back pain, stomach pain, um, cr different chronic pains that, that I've gone through. So I'd say it is, it is my number one, uh, health hack. <laughs> I love that. I love that you utilize it yourself, not only teach you, but you have that in your everyday really? life. Oh yeah. Yeah. I practice what I preach. So the audience is listening and it's like, wow, I love this. I love this. So what have you got to offer the audience, Brielle? I know you've got a little totally. special thing to offer. So if yes. you can run us through that, that would be great. I would love to. So first of all, I would love for you guys to connect with me on Instagram. My name is Brielle Brazil, Brazil with an S. That'll, I think, be in the notes, correct? Correct. Yes. 
Awesome. Okay. So make sure to connect with me on Instagram. Say hello. Say that you listen to my podcast. I'd love to hear from you um, or my, my podcast interview rather. And what I have for you is a breathwork membership site, um, which is a beautiful way to start your breathwork practice. I have a a 20% off for your first month, um, that I am offering up to this audience. What's included in the breathwork membership site is breathwork practices. You can do on your own all the safety videos to set you up so that you can have some breathwork audios to do at home by yourself and a live breathwork session facilitated with me all online with the group of people that are in the membership site once a month. Now, every month there's a different theme, a different topic. Um, This month we're, we're working on breathwork to help heal the inner child. Last month we did breathwork to, to help with stress and anxiety reduction. So every month is a different theme. Every Monday you get a new meditation, a new like audio practice. And then you have the once live session with me. So you end up getting five breathwork sessions a month on that topic and one live with, with the group and the community. Beautiful. That, that sounds absolutely amazing. And I love that yeah. you can do this online. So no matter where you are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I run my business right now. And these times a hundred percent is online, you know, That's yeah, everything beautiful. In the world. beautiful. Yeah. So please do contact Brielle on Instagram, get in touch yeah. with her. Yeah. Let her know how amazing this podcast interview was and how much she's impacted your life. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to share our knowledge and experience to impact others and tell them that it is okay. No matter where in the journey you are, we will meet you there, right? Exactly. Exactly. Accepting where you're at in the journey is just life-changing. It just makes everything easier. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. Really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Learned so much and I'm definitely incorporating breath work into my routine. Yes. I love to hear that. It was, I'm so grateful that you had me on. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. You are most welcome. Thank you for joining us at the Natural Health Podcast. And remember the missing link between failure and success is your health.